My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Hey guys, welcome to Are You For Real? with me, Sarah Frick. So today on our first episode, which we're really excited about, me especially, we are going to be talking about some uh, Sarah hacks, and that's how the whole thing started. I was like, oh, well, I'll give some life hacks, and then I put it out there um, to some of you guys on social media, and you asked me so many different questions, and so now it's almost more like a Dear Sarah column, um, which, you know, take it for what it is. I do have a psychology degree, but I'm sure NC State will be calling to get it back after this. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to try to address a lot of this stuff just because I think that's, it's important. And what's interesting is I got a ton, a ton of responses um, and they were so similar. So obviously there's a theme going on and we're all like looking and searching and just asking each other. And you know, as much as I put the stuff out there, like I'm always interested to hear back, did it work for you? And if that didn't work, what are you doing? So um, I'm just going to dive right in. Um, I know so many of you through my career, which is amazing. And this is how I've networked in this town and made so many friends. And just, I feel like it's just been such a supported thing that we've done here through the yoga community and now through the works. Um, And one of the questions I kept seeing a lot of was breaking free of a career And to finally do it makes you happy. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I graduated from college and I, my dad owns a retail packaging company in Boston. I graduated from college in Raleigh and I moved to Charlotte and my dad hired me to work for him because I think he felt bad for me. (laughs) Like I literally was like, Oh, now what? Oh, you're not paying my rent anymore? Well, shit. Can you pay for my rent and I'll get business cards and pretend I work for you? Basically is how it went. And so he hired me. And so what you have to do when you're selling retail packaging and he sells very high end retail packaging is you have to like cold call. And so I would go into these really high end stores in Charlotte where, you know, there is high end stores and there is money. And I'd have my little like portfolio of really pretty bags and I'd be dressed and I would go in and with my business card and tell them what I do. And they'd be like, Oh, we're not interested. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, no worries. And I'd like put my bags down and I'd start shopping. (laughs) And so instead of going in there and making money, I'd spend money. So that job was not for me. However, one thing I did like about that job that I learned about myself was I really, really liked connecting with people and talking to people. I would stay in these places forever. And my dad would call and be like, oh my gosh, well, I haven't heard from you in a few hours. Like, it must have been a great call. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. But I'm going to grab lunch with this girl next week. And he's like, not the job. So um, at the same time, I had started getting into yoga. A friend of mine brought me to my, uh, my first yoga class. And I remember taking the class and halfway through the class, it was a hot class. It was called a hot 26, which was like a a spin on Bikram. Um, And I walked out to the girl at the front desk, like I, like I owned the place. And I was like, "Mm, I'm sorry to tell you there's something wrong with your HVAC system. And she was like, no, it's hot. I was like, oh my God. But after that, I kept going back and I loved it. And I fell in love with the practice. I fell in love with the history behind the practice and the whole idea of body-mind connection and how you can do something so often and it's not like a race. Like I wasn't in a competition. I wasn't trying to win a swim meet. I wasn't trying to beat the person next to me. Like it was me and myself meeting myself, you know, really for the first time for a full hour, 75, 90 minutes, whatever it was, 
getting my ass completely handed to me and walking out like with this big goofy smile on my face. And I was like, dude, I love this. And one of my first teachers, um, this woman in Charlotte, she was the first woman I ever heard speak so openly and so vulnerably about her life. And I mean, I was just so attracted to it. I was like, this, this is where it's at. Like, I mean, she made me feel something. She made me think about things. Um, I left there and I wasn't just like numbed out onto the next thing. Like, you know, it wasn't just about the fitness for me. Yes, that was an amazing part of it, but there was so much more. And so from there, I decided to do a teacher training. And after that, I immediately got into the industry and started teaching and was living in Charlotte for a while, um, went through a breakup and moved to Charleston and kind of fell from where I was in Charlotte, like at the top, making great money and teaching at all these great studios. Boutique fitness was very new in Charlotte. I got to Charleston. It wasn't even really like on the radar much. So when I got to Charleston, um, I was teaching at a bunch of gyms. I was actually opening up what used to be Eco Fitness, now Pivotal Fitness at 4.45 in the morning. I was the front desk girl. I was just, I was hungry. I was doing anything. I was um, working at Basil downtown. I was delivering flowers on the side. I was hustling. I was working at like six gyms. I would teach anything at any time. And I got hired by um, Lululemon before they came into any of their hot markets to um, open up a showroom for them in Charleston. And that was strangely like right around the time my mom almost passed. Well, my mom passed away, but it was like right, it was somewhere between right before she did and right after she did. And I remember questioning taking the job and I was like, should I take this job? Like, I know they're going to want me to come to Vancouver because that's what they used to do. And you would live there for a month. And my dad was like, you're going. And when my dad says you're going after you've gotten business cards and never made his company any money, you go. And so I went, um, my mom passed away, we had her service, and I went and lived in Vancouver for a month. And I trained um, in management for Lululemon, which was like, that month of training with Lululemon was more lucrative for me than my four and a half year college career. Um, I learned so much of how to be for a team, how to be a leader, how to coach people that weren't maybe great at their job or really even into it, into something else, um, how to have hard conversations and how to relate to like people publicly as well. Like not everyone that walks into my room still and not everyone that would walk into that showroom were going to like me. Um, and that's, that's okay. So that was a really amazing training for me. I came back to Charleston. I opened up the Lululemon here with, um, the woman who would later become my business partner. And, through that experience, it ended up, um, they ended up, the recession hit, they closed a lot of their hot markets, they offered to move us, but Beth and I, who later became my business partner at Charleston Power Yoga, we were like, we're not moving, we're going to open up a boutique yoga studio. Opened up on King Street, Upper King Street, there was nothing up there, it was like super sketchy, this was 10 years ago, next month, um, we walked into this place, it was like an old it was actually like an old church bookstore. I don't remember, but it was dirt floor. It was like scary. You could see all the way through. And we were like, well, this is all we can afford. I guess this is it. <laughs> and that studio is still there and it's still crushing it. And, um, you know, just I'm so glad that I took that risk and I took that leap of faith. And um, from there, we opened up another studio. And what I found through owning my own business at such a young age, I opened up the studio, I believe, when I was 25 or 26, was it gave me time to figure out what it is I love about owning a business and what takes me out of my power completely. So when I did leave um, my last studio, 
I knew going into this new business, is it a lot of work? Hell yes. Does it get me up excited every morning? Hell yes. And I know now like where to hire the right people, um, where to say no, where to put myself, where, where, where are my resources best used? Because ultimately I can't do everything and be in a, like be a great teacher and, and do the things that I need to do. What do I do good? I love people. I love teaching. I love music. I love selling out a big room. Okay. That's where my resources are best used. My resources are not best used in other areas where some other people's are. So to go back to the initial question of, um, how to break free for me, you know, it, I was, I, I kind of just followed my bliss, I guess, in a really cheesy way to say it. But at the same time, I just went all in like that. There was no other option for me. I I knew that if I was going to do something and I was going to be happy, then I was just going to have to keep doing it. And that means 4.45 a.m. wake-up calls, you know, 4 a.m. wake-up calls. Those are not fun. On those days of those 4 a.m. wake-up calls, I was the first person to pick up a subclass at 8.15 at night too because you have to, like, get nitty-gritty. You have to be able to get in. You have to be able to hustle a little to get your name known, first of all. And also, like, you got to put in some back-end work. I I say this with so much love in my heart, um, and I'm so blessed to work with so many amazing young women. However, I have seen and not, I'm not just speaking to a certain generation, but there does seem to be like this level of um, give it to me, I deserve it. Um, and I've seen that just across the board. And the thing is like, if you're in an industry where there's a lot of people that want this, you got to show up and you got to show up humble and you got to kick ass and you just have to keep going. And, and there are going to people that aren't going to like you. And they're going to people that say no to you. And I shared this in my class today, actually, which is so interesting. Um, I'm going to share it right now just because I think it's really relevant. Um, and I love this and it's famous failures. Albert Einstein wasn't able to speak until he was four years old and his teachers said he would never amount to anything. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination and having no original ideas. Oprah Winfrey demoted from her job as a news anchor because she wasn't the right fit for television. Michael Jordan, after being cut from his high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his bedroom, and cried. Steve Jobs, at 30 years old, was left devastated and depressed after being removed from his company he he started on his own. The Beatles, rejected. Recording studios who said, we don't like their sound, they have no future in show business. So all I'm saying is, if you want it, get it. If it means you have to fly to Vancouver for a month and hang out, do it. If it means you have to get up at 4 a.m., do it. I, I say yes, I'm a yes person, which is, is a give and take. Sometimes it gets me in a little over my head, but it also has like opened up the doors to so many opportunities that I would never have had truly just being like, yeah, I'll, I'll be your private yoga instructor at three in the morning, you know, whatever. And then the next thing, you know, like the person that walks in their house is the person who's going to get you to your next place. So listen to yourself too, as well. That's one thing that I've gotten really good at. Like when in flow, we flow. And if something to you is like, don't do it, screaming red sign, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't fucking do it. (laughs) That is your body. That's your intuition. That is your guide. Like you're, you know, you're your guide. So listen to that too. And, you know, I am a big believer in find what you love and run after it. I say that, but I also say this too, because I know I, I am, you know, I did get in the city young enough age to make it 
a career. I had my children after this. And there are some times in life when you're like, I need a paycheck and I have to show up for these people. And following my bliss is not going to buy diapers. And I totally get that. So what about a passion? What about a side project versus a side hustle? What if you invest the time that you're on Instagram or watching TV or out drinking with your friends or whatever it is, if you, you know, like it's the same thing as the 4am wake up call. Okay. It does suck a little to not have that downtime you need, but if you want it, what if you just put a little energy into it? And if that energy is meant to be there, it'll grow right where energy goes, it goes. All right, guys. So another question that I got a lot on was toxic people, how to get them out of your lives, how to, um, I guess I don't want to say avoid because sometimes you don't know until they come in. But I guess basically for me, one word came to that when I was thinking about it um, is boundaries. And I read something a long time ago, and I think about this all the time. The only people that don't like boundaries in your lives are the people that want to cross them. This thing about boundaries came for me when I when I got to know myself and when I knew you know, what I could be a stand for and what I could not be a stand for. And I think this goes back to relationships too. You know, when you choose someone, you choose them for who they are and who they're not. And if you're choosing them more for who they're not and you're not accepting that, that is not your person. Um, I think that goes for friendships. I've had a lot of friendships that have evolved and changed and they'd probably say the same thing about me. Like, it's okay to change and to say, you know what? this, this served its purpose and, and I bid you farewell, <laughs> like happy life. Um, but that doesn't mean that necessarily it's for you. Like chemically, we're all so different and you're gonna, if for me, like if I walk into a room with people, I can like immediately feel who I'm going to vibe towards and be like, like, these are my people. They feel me. I connect with them. Um, and the people that I don't feel that way to, the more and more, especially the more precious my time is with the more children I have and the more I work, like, I'm just like, ain't got time for it. So it is getting to know yourself and having confidence in that. I, I think one of the best things my mom did for me truly is every day she told me, I love you and you're beautiful, even when I wasn't. <laughs> because I went through a fugly stage like nobody's biz, but it made me feel like seen and appreciated. And I, I want to do that for my children as well. But just that like, you know what, if you're on your own and you're like walking through kind of doing your own Sarah thing and there's not people like chasing you down, just keep walking. Like you want to attract the right people. And I do go back to like when in flow we flow. And I know I'm like my absolute best self in the, the room. I'm a huge fan of Florence and the Machine, and I was reading an article that Florence Welch said um, in this article, and she said, like, you know, she's a really shy person, which I'm not, but she said, when I'm on stage, it's like everything magically transforms. It's like a drug, and I'm, like, attracting all these people and all these things, and I, I can totally relate to that, just being in the room. Like, I'm attracting all these people and all these things, and when you get out of there, you have to be careful who you keep like in inner circle and who are your work people and who are your, your people that you're like able to feed, but you don't necessarily need to digest yourself. So, um, I think that goes for relationships across the board. I did get some people asking me, um, how to get over a breakup. <sighs> so tough. It's tough. I'm a Scorpio and I read this thing a long time and it said, you're super independent until your heart is involved. And it's so true because when I love, I love so hard. And I think that instead of 
looking at it, and this this maybe goes hand in hand with grief a little. I mean, getting out of a relationship, you grieve that relationship as well, just like you grieve any other loss, is what have I learned from this? Like, what am I taking from this, right? It's, it's, it's over, but that doesn't mean that it didn't serve its purpose. So just like in those relationships or those friendships where you're like, you know what, that, that relationship has served its purpose for me. And now that that's over. So celebrate what you learned, celebrate who you were. And also know leaving that, that now you can take all of that and do something more, be something else. Um, you want to be with someone who sees and loves you for who you are today and maybe not, you know, who you were when you met them. And that, that does shift. That does change. I was in a relationship like that. I um, got married when I was quite young and um, I wasn't married very long. We were in the relationship for maybe four years. And I got in the marriage and I realized that I wasn't living where I wanted to live. I was, had just started teaching full time and it just, it just wasn't what I wanted. And I, my integrity level now, this was God, 14, 15 years ago, is very different. The way I left, I just, like how I used to do, I would shut down, like I would go, 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 go. And then as soon as I was like done with something, I would shut the door and run away. And like that, I'd look back now and think how unfair that was of me. But that was, I mean, you know, like Maya Angelou says, um, I did then what I knew how to do. Now I know better, I do better. And I would never operate like that now. I wish I could reach out to that person and just say, I'm, I am so sorry for that. And, um, you know, that was not cool of me at all. However, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, you know, you're, you change, relationships change. I learned so much about myself from that and, like, how to be, how not to be. And um, that person now is, like, so happy, married. I think they have children, like, you know, so sometimes the lesson isn't in like walking down the altar. The lesson is in, hey, thank you for pushing me to my edge and for showing me where I'm strong, where my weaknesses are. And now I get to go out and be this like big badass person and I get to meet someone else. And that's super exciting. So just take that with you. Think about that as you're grieving and lean into the grief, like be sad about it. It's okay. It's okay to be sad. Sad is not bad, right? Sad is very healing. Um, sometimes I put on sad music just to feel and, and you, those of you that are in the room, like, you know, like sometimes some of the music at the end, like when we're going in where it's introspective and there's contraction, that is, it is a time for you to feel things. What we don't feel, like Jay-Z says, I'm quoting all my favorite people tonight, you can't heal what you never reveal. Okay. So feel it, reveal it, toxic people, sayonara, move on. The reason I'm doing this is for connection. I get high on the connection. I love to hear from you guys. So we're going to keep generating this. So if you didn't get your question answered today, just hold, hold. It's coming. I promise. Um, I'm so excited to introduce our guest to you today. This is the Katie Marco. So my first image of Katie Marco, I'm standing in the Charleston airport. It's like, I don't know, a cool like 4 a.m., we are about to take a flight to St. Kitts where I'm leading a retreat and there's, I don't know many of the women going and I see this woman out of the corner of my eye and she's checking in and she's like teeny tiny, I could put her in my pocket and she is like dressed like she is about to get on some yacht in France. Like, I mean, she's like fabulous. She's got the Navy blazer. She's got like the beautiful handbag. She's beautiful jewelry and she has a hat that like, is like hitting people in the face. It's like rivaling 
that's the right word, um, like the circumference around her. And I see her and I'm like, oh, I bet that girl's going on this retreat and I'm going to let her down because look at me and in my, with my yoga clothes on and my sneakers and Carter's like dragging me by the hand because I'm exhausted. Anyway, we get there and her and I start talking and she is like, like the most lovely person, just humble and kind and silly and sweet and interested. I love when people are interested. Like I sit down with someone, I'm like, I want to suck your soul. And she's a soul sucker. And the more we start talking, I'm like, oh, you have kids. She's like, I have two little girls. And I'm like, oh yeah, blah, blah. And then she drops the bomb on me. She's like, yeah, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I spend like most of my weeks in prisons. Sit with that. I can put her in my pocket. She's a teeny tiny baby. And she is a freaking badass. I am so excited for you guys to get to know Katie Marco and all of her many facets. So hang on to your hats because this is coming in hot. All right, you guys, we are here with Katie and we are so excited to get started. Katie, how are you doing tonight? I am so good, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It is fantastic to be a part of Are You For Real? And we are for real. So I want to ask you about yourself, but first I want to talk about myself, okay? Because I'm really good at that. (laughs) So I shared before you arrived a little bit about my first impression of you, which was lovely, don't forget. So what was your first impression of me? (laughs) Wow. With my huge hair in the middle of St. Kitts. My first recollection of you was at the bright and early hour of 4.45 a.m., Charleston Airport, just with your posse behind you. (laughs) Carter's walking behind me, snapping like we're in Greece. Your girl gang, everyone dressed to the nines. I'm wondering if Stacey at Hamden had anything to do with (laughs) some fabulous outfits. No, honestly... I was and am very struck by your gracefulness and just your ease and how comfortable you make people feel. I was quite nervous not knowing well anyone on the trip. Um, And this trip was something that was way outside of my comfort zone. So, you know, it's early in the morning and still dark outside and you're seeing these gorgeous, well-loved, well-connected ladies coming into the airport chitter-chattering and you just were so lovely and welcoming and Mm. awake and alert and just your amazing self. Oh, well, thank you. You're so sweet. I I felt the same way. I already talked about that when we opened up and just how you were just easy to be around and sweet and gush, gush, gush. Thank you. That meant a lot. So let's tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Tell us about yourself. I will. Um, I grew up in Litchfield County, Connecticut. I attended a small all-girls boarding school, which is a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Um, I went to the College of Charleston and took one year off. During that year, I met my husband, and then I started at Charleston School of Law. I did Charleston School of Law and then jumped into my legal career from there. And have not left Charleston since. And I'm now married to the man that I said I met in between college and law school. We have two little girls. um, A really hilarious bull mastiff named Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) I love mastiffs. I used to have one. You did? Yes. His name was Gus. And he was so cute. He was, what's the, not the bull, an English mastiff. He was 
huge. He yeah. thought he was a lap dog and he would get on the couch and like beep like a truck, like beep, beep, back his ass right up into your lap. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's Bunny. Um, <laughs> bunny. And yeah, that's, that's us. So you guys can't see Katie, those of you that aren't sitting here with me, but I want to describe Katie and I'm not doing this to try to put anyone in a box, but she's could fit in a box. <laughs> she could fit in my pocket. She's so, I don't want to use the word precious as like demeaning, oh, no, but you, she has this really beautiful, calm energy and she's petite and just, blo- she's like a Reese Witherspoon kind of, she really is. So when she came and told me in the middle of St. Kitts, she's like, oh yeah, I'm a criminal defense lawyer and I like spent half my week in prison. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, what made you decide this? So, I was thinking about this, and it's kind of funny. Um, childhood. This is not normal. <laughs> TGIF, Friday nights, started with Family Matters. Yep. Then it moved to Step by Step. <laughs> Can't remember. Maybe Full House was in there at love some point. Love Full House. Still love it. Fuller House. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And then came bedtime for most. Not for me, because 2020 came on. <laughs> And I would sneak down (laughs) and I would watch 2020 Barbara Walters every week. And I don't know if my mom just was so tired with three children that she just didn't do anything about it. But that was my earliest introduction to crime stories and, you know, trials and seeing all of this crazy world out there that I don't think many children sort of see or have an interest in and then from there it developed into my love of cops <laughs> the, sh- the show <laughs> the show okay all I wanted to be was bad Sandy and Grace <laughs> yes Halloween 2019 you were yeah. oh, no, no but me. you, you oh, need God, to I'm be like, oh, I'm like 2019 no, yes, got it yeah be. good call done and then along with cops came John Walsh in America's Most Wanted. And so (laughs) this is like, (laughs) these are your like go-to shows. These really just unhealthy obsessions. And my parents divorced and my dad just, he was all in. He was like, okay, we're going to just do cops. America's Most Wanted. Let's do this. Um, So really that was my first kind of interest and fascination into crime. Um, and it's interesting because thinking back on 2020 and they would highlight as they do now on, and on Dateline as well, which I still love those shows, but my husband really has put his foot down and said, this is not okay. Like, you, you like need, watch yeah, him on your phone in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, you need, need a bathroom. Break. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always been interested in the underdog in life and I've always, when watching those shows, really enjoyed not so much watching the trial prep and the prosecutors and the police I love and I thrive on learning about the suspects and the defendants and their families and then seeing the defense attorneys come in and how they help these people has really just, that stood out to me. And I think that's kind of where my love and interest in criminal law evolved to where it is now. So when you went to law school, was that your direct, like you knew what you wanted to do? I didn't. Um, They make you take sort of the basic law school curriculum your first year. And I can tell you from taking a few of those courses, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that included contracts, 
contract law, not for me. Um, you were going to be living in 2020. Yeah. 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 Dirty. Yeah, Dateline. <laughs> um, and then I don't believe I took my criminal law course until my second or third year of law school. I also really enjoyed family law, and mm-hmm. I actually did a brief stint in family law before my criminal law opportunity came about. So it was always in the back of my mind, but I wasn't quite sure how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. So tell us about the first time you walk in to meet a client. The first time I went to jail, I remember just being really nervous. Um, And it's just a very stark, sterile, gray place. Um, What's unique, and every jail has a different sort of setup, but Charleston has a setup where attorneys are able to have face-to-face visits with their clients, but you're between glass um, with a little mouthpiece that you can communicate in between. Berkeley County, they lock you and your client in the same little cement cinder block Mm -hmm. in the room. So you're with the doors double locked. So it's a bit of a different situation. My first jail visit was in Charleston County, and it was with my boss at the time who was my mentor and a legend in the criminal law world who really gave me the confidence and said you can do this and said let's go and took me in there and just said here we go and you gotta throw yourself in sometimes throw yourself in so just really exhilarating and you know did you have a little skip in your step when you left yes (laughs) absolutely I love you were like, my job. I knew that that you knew that that's what you wanted. And I love what you said so much about like humanizing it. We are all humans and that's what I really try to do in my job. My clients until a certain point and maybe not ever if they don't have an attorney or someone advocating for them are truly a case number. Mm. Yes, their name is on the paper, but to the prosecutor or solicitor, same role, just different names depending on what jurisdiction you're in, um, or to the judge, the massive quantities of people coming in and out of the judicial system and the jails, they don't, they don't know. They don't have time to ask people about their life, their mm-hmm. story, who they are, what their background is, why they might be here, how they can help prevent another visit. You know, it's just, I, I really enjoy that most about my job sitting down with a prospective client and saying tell me about yourself Mm -hmm. let's get comfortable can you get comfortable are we clicking um because if we're not clicking and I tell this to every single prospective client if you don't feel comfortable with me please this is not an ego thing have you had that honestly I haven't Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that in a self-promoting way thankfully I have not but I want people to feel comfortable and that they can be themselves. And that's scary. They're sitting down telling me very intimate, private, mm-hmm. personal things when we've known each other for two minutes. Um, we, we might look like totally different people, mm-hmm. um, all different types of situations. So when you go after you meet with them and then you go to trial, you're a stand for them. 
Exactly. And thankfully, the majority of my cases, the vast, vast, vast majority of cases don't result in a trial. Um, There are many different diversionary programs that we have that a lot of clients did not know about until coming in, um, which means that depending on their circumstances, there might be a program, whether it be mental health court, drug court, if they have a drug Mm -hmm. addiction, um, pre-trial intervention if they're first-time offenders and they have certain um, charges that are eligible for that program. There are many different opportunities that they can enroll in and participate in that will result in not only a dismissal of their charges, but an expungement from their record. So it's as if it never happened. So whether it's next year they're applying for college and they get turned down for a life scholarship Mm -hmm. because this charge was on their record, or 10 years from now they can't get a job or can't get a certain driver's license. Mm -hmm. There's so many ramifications that people don't realize accompany criminal convictions. Um, And it makes me so happy when we can either clean up someone's record that they have charges on their record from earlier that they didn't realize could come off. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, But also when we can work out charges in such a way that they can live their life and move on and hopefully do good Mm -hmm. and flourish. And do you find like, um, Katie knows that recently I was doing something. I was talking to a friend of mine who works at our MUSC, which is our state funded hospital. And she was talking to me about the foster system and how it's just not in very good shape. And so I was like, listen, let's raise some money for the kids on your unit. She's the charge nurse on the pediatric unit. And I put it out to our small social media community, and we raised almost $10,000 in five days. I mean, it's freaking crazy. And one of the things that her and I talked about a lot was how this is very systemic. And it's, you know, so many, it gives me chills. Like, so many of these things are learned behavior, right? Like, how how our parents treat us and whether we feel valued and whether we feel loved. And do you see a lot of that when you're... 100%. Um, I see not only are many of my clients scared but they're also lacking self-confidence and honestly, sometimes basic life skills. Mm. Um, And often they do have children and families and it's important for the judge to know. So going back on how we resolve many cases short of trial is if it's not a diversionary program, sometimes trial is not the best option. We do a plea. So they will do a guilty plea. And that's when we get up in front of the judge. And basically, that's when I'm able to say, standing beside me is so-and-so who, let me tell you a little bit about this person. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about since the time they've been arrested, what they've done to work on themselves, to help their community, to show they do care, to show they do want to be giving back and to be successful and to not be a statistic behind bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful because judges listen to that. Mm-hmm. They really do. And honestly, a lot of the prosecutors, you know, that weighs on them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether that means getting drug treatment and showing a bunch of clean drug tests, um, whether that means get finishing their GED that they just never had a chance to do, all different life situations, whether it means reconnecting with their children and getting on court-ordered child support, so many different things that people can do to heal their family while mm-hmm. bettering themselves. Couldn't agree more about totally the money that you've 
raised and the good that's going to do for those families. Because let's face it, the best solution is for happy parents, productive families. Let's let's give tools to people to mm-hmm. make that possible. And do you think that the tools that we have work? <laughs> um, you know, it's very sad to me and frustrating to me because I do have repeat clients. And oftentimes... I've noticed repeat clients go back to selling drugs and many times I feel it's because their prior criminal convictions prevent them from many, if not all, employment opportunities Mm -hmm. and the employment opportunities that are available to them are either extremely low paying or just brutal, brutal work and it's hard for these people who maybe have served time in prison. Um, and I know that might sound strange to some people listening, saying it's hard for those people. But, but I, I think it goes yeah. back to... We're all people. We're all people. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and no, nobody should kill someone or do no. this or do that. Sure. Absolutely. But I yeah. do think there's so much more to it being like systemic and just Absolutely. how do you... And I, I yeah. ask this question a lot, and you have such a better pulse on it than I do, but what are what is your what is your suggestion? Like, What do you think? You know, I really give credit to and have such respect for the employers in town and around Charleston and the area who are willing to accept convicted felons. Um, I understand that's not maybe an appropriate place of employment for different situations, but for someone that's served time and, you know, has maybe completed a welding certificate in prison or something of that nature, let's give these people a chance. Mm -hmm. Um, because so many of us and so many people I knew, I know they've done stupid things too. And because of who they are Mm -hmm. or who their parents had money or whatever it is, they've gotten that chance. You've nailed it. And I just think it's to me not to get too far down this, but it does seem like a very broken, sad system. It's totally broken. And I don't have statistics in front of me, but Um, South Carolina has an association of criminal defense lawyers and they put on great continuing education programs for us throughout the year. And the statistics on race, racial arrests broken down and racial incarceration, and I wish I had them to share, really are very upsetting. Mm. And you can't make that stuff up. I mean, it is what it is. So I couldn't agree with you more about different people have different opportunities. And Uh, I understand that's life, but let's help people. Let's get together and help. Because when you help that person, guess what? You're helping their family. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. And, you know, I think this is on such a different level, obviously, but like in the room, I'm always like, it starts with us. Right. So I heard this woman, Alexandra Roxo say this once. And she said, we were at a seminar and someone said, is self-care selfish? And she said, let me ask you this. If you feel like shit about yourself, do you want to save the rainforest? No. No. So it starts with us. So say just you and me, we're both in the room together. We're in the room. You feel, you feel good. You leave. You're like, okay, I feel empowered. I feel calm. I feel grounded. I feel energized. Let me go do something at a community level. And then it, it filters and it really does. It's like, we're a collective community. And if we don't show up, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. And showing people exactly what you just said, that you care about them and you care about their well-being and their lives. Guess what? That's a huge confidence boost to them that encourages them, you know, to pay it forward, to mm-hmm. give back, to be excited about things, to feel cared for, totally, to feel recognized. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and, and there's a great program through called the Turning Leaf Program. It's through the federal court system, but what they do is it's pretty strict to apply to be in the program. Um, I did have a client that successfully completed it. It was amazing. They go through all sort of life skills training, um, coaching, things as simple as a basic manners course, Mm -hmm. how to deal with anger. Wonderful program. Then you take a position in their internal printmaking operation. So they put you to work and you get the feel for that. And then they will place you oftentimes with a Charleston County or city of Charleston position, Mm -hmm. which then grows or could grow into a full-time position, which then includes benefits and retirement and things that oftentimes many of my clients could never dream of ever having. Mm -hmm. So I just would love to see selfishly more of those opportunities. Um, We're also very lucky to have a great drug court, mental health court here. There's a homeless court and a veterans court that have recently kicked off. Those people need our help big time. Yeah. Big time. And those are the people that can oftentimes cannot afford and they a need private our help attorney. Because they don't have the money or they're traumatized or Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um a, who's become a friend of mine. Yeah. He's well, he's been a client of mine for a long time and he's now I think five years sober, but he is a veteran. He's a little bit younger than me. So probably like 34, but he came, when he came back, he was hired as a sniper after getting out and he came back with like crazy drug problems and was arrested multiple times and all this shit. And, you know, he just completed, he graduated top of his class at Citadel, like amazing, has done all this stuff. And he went to go, he wanted to go back and give, he wanted to go back overseas, like, and give back and work in the government somehow and he cannot get clearance because of his past and so he had all of us write letters like me who was you know seen this all of his drug counselors all of his professors at the citadel and he can't get it and I'm like this is part of your story this is not the end of your story because he's like like why am I what am I do why did I do all this you know I mean how frustrating would that be like horrific and just speaking on veterans like I don't know a whole lot about that but like just from my exchange with him and learning it's like we asked so much of these young people, 18. Do you know what I was doing at 18? I can promise you I wasn't like trying to save our country. And then they come back and they're so fucked up in the head. And we're like, "Mm, that's your problem. Sorry. Thanks. Next. Yep. (sighs) I'm like, don't get me started. Um, Um, I, I have seen a similar situation to that with clients who have served multiple tours overseas. And sadly, one of, those clients is no longer with us and it's just it's devastating yeah it really is well I know that you must be such a light when you go in that room truly do you have any um interesting stories you can share with the (laughs) audience Katie (laughs) oh my goodness I have some you know I was thinking uh, about this on the way here I have two stories that really stand out in my mind of happy endings oh okay I like that (laughs) Happy ending stories that like a happy ending. really <laughs> just <laughs> different kind of happy ending. Really, I will always remember because they were interesting cases that just solidified to me why I love my job. I don't have too many people give me a hard time about my profession, but every once in a blue moon, I see eye rolls or people who will say, how can you do such a disgusting thing or something like that? Like people like 
and you know other people that are say what do you do for a living and I say I'm a criminal mm. defense attorney how send them to me I how might need could a you ever attorney. do that oh how do you sleep at night you know that sort of thing you're like um, I sleep really good because they're all defending my house <laughs> they're all standing on my front lawn I love it cool um, where do you live <laughs> one story that stands out is this was pretty early on um got a call and a gentleman was in jail um, for manslaughter. And, of course, that was interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> little backstory was that he saw his neighbor abusing an animal, mm. a dog. And that was very upsetting to him. And so he called the police. There's a bit of delay in response. My client couldn't handle it. Went over to intervene and was then attacked by the owner of the dog. So he had actually learned some self-defense moves on an infomercial. And he decided he was going to put those to the test. Mm -hmm. Well. They worked. They worked. They worked a little too well. And by the time the police got there. The animal abuser was dead, mm. and he then became my client and was charged with the manslaughter or, you know, killing of this other man. More importantly, was the animal okay? The animal was okay. okay. And through really breaking down the backstory, the man, the client, out of jail charges dropped wow. charges expunged that was a happy story that is a happy story because his intent was certainly not for that outcome right, he right. did everything in his power to get the help he needed but he just couldn't bear the sight oh, I know I mean that kills me I know gosh I know that's a that's a powerful that's a one it was just you know the whole infomercial background really yeah I mean he really took it seriously and it worked yeah so we gave him a little warning like pep talk let's not yeah do oh. those moves save those moves yeah for like I don't know what but yeah let's not the shower that. let's not do that <laughs> another really happy story that I love to reflect on is because I'm still close with this gentleman and his family is I have a friend a now friend who had recently moved here from the West Indies and he pulled into his neighborhood and was listening to his fabulous mix CD that he had brought with him. And some neighbors approached him and said, wow, like we love your music. Mind if we borrow that CD to burn a copy? So he was like, sure, of course. I can't mm -hmm. replicate his amazing island mm -hmm. accent. So a few days go by and he was like, oh, I kind of want my CD back. I'm going to go to the neighbor's house, knocks on the door. The neighbor's like, come on in. Like they want to hang with him. He's like, oh, got the kids at home. I'm just going to get my CD. Hold on. We don't know where it is. While he's standing in the kitchen, door busts open. Metro Narcotics does a search warrant on the premises. No, no, no. Guess who gets taken in? Him? My sweet, sweet client. His wife calls me 
devastated. He has zero criminal record, pending immigration status. Mm. I mean, that's that's done. Yeah. Um, but Katie to the rescue. That's awfully kind. <laughs> we worked it out. Out of jail. Off his record. Just now a citizen of the United States. Amazing. Has his own business. His wife has her own restaurant here. Happy, lovely, successful family. And that's what I love about my job. When people find themselves in a horrible situation, they need help. Let's get them out of this. It's reciprocity. Absolutely. Give me some redemption. Yes. Ugh. I love it. So. Those are good stories. Thanks. I really like those stories. Thank you. Um, so this is like a little personal, but sure. you know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> and you've never told me this, but I'm thinking I know why. So I've looked at your Instagram account. You do not have your children's faces on Instagram. Is that for a reason? Yes. Yes. So, um, my husband. Well, I love working with the public. It makes me thrive. I love people. I love getting to know all types of people. My husband is so private mm. and very um, does not enjoy working with the general public and the GP, the GP people <laughs> often ask if he is also an attorney. No, he's not. My daughters are allowed to be on Instagram. However, our agreed upon stipulation is that their faces can't be in the picture mm-hmm. So we've gotten a little creative. I've gotten a little creative. And they have two hashtags. One is Blanket Marco 1 and the other is Blanket Marco 2 after Michael Jackson's I love it. lovely blanket. Yes, um, love it. So, you know, he just feels like two things. One is he gets nervous in my line of work yeah. because he does not That's know my clients. Yeah, And two... Um, he feels like it's unfair for them to be on something that they don't really know about or understand. My mother-in-law was a prominent businesswoman in North Carolina, and she, for this reason too, I think my husband is extra cautious. She in her career had all sorts of really wild stalkers mm. and um, crazy things happen, and I think that really has affected my husband I've never had anything like that happen for the record. I'm your stalker, but yeah. you know, oh, I won't Sarah. take your kids. I got enough. <laughs> you can keep them. <laughs> yeah. They're wild. Um, nothing like that has ever happened to me, yeah. thankfully, but yeah. I think he's just a little bit of a nervous Nelly about it, but that's okay. But that's okay. So Katie, this is another fun fact about Katie is when she came on the retreat to St. Kitts, she had never done a works class, but she decided to leave the country with me and s- we were coming home and she was like, I'm going to be there tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've heard it all before. Like people are like, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> and, um, legit. Did you buy a year or something? <laughs> like She came and all she in. comes all the time. And it is, and she has, she has her groove on. Uh, she gets her works practice on. Thank you so much. I <laughs> love the works. I love you. I love the works. I love the glorious lady that comes around and sort of like tweaks oh, how you're touches. Oh, touch me. Can she just follow me I know. around? People, this is, these are our assistants. And wow. sometimes when people are like, I don't want the assistant to touch me. I'm like, oh, double yeah. for me then. Yeah. I'm like, rub me, rub my buns, <laughs> rub my boobs, rub whatever just you want. Like, just touch me, touch my stay. hair, braid it. 
Oh, I know. I love the works. I am. I have never enjoyed working out. It's something that I wish and I want so badly. And I think I'm there to enjoy. I've really tried it all. I mean, I've done tried outdoor running. I've tried Orange Theory. I've tried MUSC gym. I've tried, you know, on the Mind Body app. I guess it. I didn't realize catalogs everything you've done. It's like you've done it all. Working out's not for you. (laughs) I'm like, this is kind of scary. Um, It's good to try it though. It's good to try it. Yeah. I. And also, it didn't help that I have a naturopathic doctor in Charleston, Sherry Jacobs. Oh, I know Sherry. Oh, don't you love Sherry? Well, I don't know her personally, but I but know, you know her. Yeah, She is wonderful. Sherry told me based on she can read the raw data of your 23andMe. And she came back and said, which I jumped for joy. I don't know why. She said, your data shows that long distance running and vigorous long-term exercise really isn't for you. Oh, you're like, like, I knew it. Good. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I just really have not been good about committing to something and then I found you and then St. Kitts wow I have never done a workout where I leave feeling not only have I worked my body but I'm not exhausted I'm energized my mind that's something I've never you have such a gift of calming me, centering me, encouraging me without making it about one person. You touch and reach every single human being. Katie, do you need a job? <laughs> I don't I don't know if criminal law is for you, actually, after hearing this. You I think you might need a do. job in marketing and sales. Oh, you're kind. <laughs> no, honestly, I have never, from the moment that we did that first workout, and I'm very new to yoga, so I still laugh when some of the yoga words are used and I don't know what they are. We're like there's soulful fitness, There's though. one that's called... And I don't know the real yoga word, but the word that I hear is Joe Pasta. <laughs> so you're talking about Chopasana. Okay. And I it's always, a bound half moon. And I always think about Joe Pasta. I have a funny story about Joe Pasta, you but do? you keep going. Okay. <laughs> and I can't help but laugh every time. And I quickly look around to see what I should be attempting. Yeah. But I'm you're like, like, you're like <laughs> nudging the girl next to you. You're like, Joe Pasta. I'm like, marinara sauce. Yeah. And she's like 19 and she's like, I don't even know Joe Pasta. Oh, I have a funny, <laughs> cute story for you. So one of the first times I went to the works, I was next to this just naturally beautiful, radiant, graceful yogi. And I complimented her at the end and said, I hope you didn't mind. I, if you noticed I was staring at you, it was because number one, this is the second time I've ever done this class. And you just, you're amazing. And she was so sweet and kind and said, thank you. And then I was getting my nails done. And she and her mom were getting their nails done. And I had no idea she was a high school senior. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know so going I back to yeah. some of your amazing clientele. It's, you it really, touches a lot of people. It does. We got the guy coming back from <laughs> Nam. We got the high school senior. We got the Katie Marco. <laughs> <laughs> I love who you stumble upon. I do too. In your room. I love, I love that. And I love the new neighborhood. Me too. There is nothing better, and I'm not an early morning person, but lately my only choice is the 6 a.m. for different commitments. There is nothing better than pulling up, parking, and walking to your studio at like 5.45 
when Charleston's waking up mm-hmm. and you have the neighborhood friends out on bikes mm-hmm. and people just people coming home from the yeah, night before. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels so good and raw and real and city. City and yeah. what I love about Charleston and then you get in the room with you and it's so similar in the sense of all different types of people, all different backgrounds. You don't know what this person has been up to an hour before and mm-hmm. what they're doing an hour after. I love that. Me too. I really it's do. The best. Me too. We've we've got a cool little collective. The best. Um, so before I do, um, before I do this last little thing with you, okay. um, do you have anything else you want to add? You've told me that I'm pretty, so check. You like so me. So gorgeous. You I like lo- I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love your studio. I would just encourage people to find something locally in this community that matters to them or maybe they don't know about but even through you educating people there are so many wonderful worthy organizations locally that are desperate for our help and that rely on us to keep going that don't have funding outside of volunteers some of my favorites if it's all right yeah, if absolutely. i share absolutely please please i love low country orphan relief that is a wonderful charleston based organization that basically is a closet. Imagine a giant walk-in closet that foster care children have access to that they can now have because as Sarah, you and I have talked about, when you're taken from your home, you oftentimes have a a trash bag Mm -hmm. and minutes to throw in whatever you have access to if you even have that option. Low Country Orphan Relief provides clothing, toiletries, and personalized things, not just run-of-the-mill things that you wouldn't be comfortable in, but mm-hmm. lovely things that build people up. Who doesn't like to feel good in what they totally. wear? Totally Love Low Country Orphan Relief. And then another one, I don't know if you've heard of Good Friends of the Low Country. I feel like I have, but... Good Friends is amazing. And I've recently... Oh, yeah. I've gone to lunching for them. Yes. Yeah. Women helping women all in the community, one-time assistance to all walks of life, all types of ladies you could imagine who find themselves in financial predicaments, whether it's a mortgage payment or a light bill or camp tuition for their child. The most amazing local women coming together to raise money to help women who don't have a quote good friend that maybe you or not you or I could mm-hmm. say, Hey, I'm I'm in a pickle, can you help me out? Or a parent or something of that right. effect. These people don't have that option. So those are just two off the top of my head, good friends of the Low Country. And their one fa- fundraiser is a luncheon in either late November or early December. But goodfriendsofthelowcountry.com and then Low Country Orphan Relief. So one for women and one for children. But there's so many others. I know there are. And and I feel like you you there's so many others. Yeah. And it's almost like you have to like kind of pick your lane and be like, okay, I'm going to commit. And not that you don't sure. give to others, but yeah. it's like uh, Glennon, um, Melton, Doyle, Glennon Doyle, I think yes. her name now, but she says, you know, find what breaks your heart and run after it. Like run as fast as you fucking can yep. after it. And yep. I'm like, okay, kids that don't have what my kids have, like the thought, and I said this in a post, but <clears throat> like my five-year-old's scared of the dark and he lives in a light-filled world. world. You nailed I it. I can't even imagine. No. It, it really does break my heart. So yeah. I think that, you know, it's, I love talking to you so much and I truly mean this, like, because you're living, like I always say, you're living it on the mat, you're living it off the mat. Like Thanks, it's so Sarah. easy to put on the, 
the spandex and go make the moves and have the six pack. But I mean, who cares? Like, I, you know, it's like if a, if we're not doing this, then what's the point? Like, what is the point? And, and that is so much where my heart goes. It's it's so great. And if we can get in that get in the room or we can meet each other somewhere or whatever it is. And we're all like all in like it is community effort. And I couldn't agree more. And you just actually made me think of something. How amazing would it be? And I'm guessing this has been done, but maybe it hasn't. How amazing would it be to have the works available or some sort of jail works? I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds wild. But the strength that you're instilling in people, the confidence that you're putting in people to dig deep, that you can do it, just... You know, you think about it, and when you're sitting in jail, it's awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not much going on. How wonderful would it be if you could sort of teach, or I'm not saying you, but this could be introduced as a way of just taking care of yourself when you're there because you do need to take care of yourself. You do, and and like you said, it's it's a mental thing, and it's such a mind-body connecting to sit somewhere and think about your future and not know what that's going to look like and to know there's people that are not part of this future possibly. I mean... I think about that a lot and that I can't even imagine. So yeah. Awesome. Podcast 2.0. Let's do it. Okay. So first, uh, not first, we've already done first. This is just a little fun thing that we're going to do to end. I'm going to ask Katie some questions (gasps) and she's going to give us off the cuff answers. Are you ready? Is this like, um, Andy Cohen, something like that? I'm not as good. Yet You're better. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, you ready? You're prepared. Ready? Okay. Spirit animal. Cat. <laughs> oh my God, you're Della. Okay. <laughs> Flu or stomach bug? Stomach bug. You get to lose like a chunk of weight at once. Got it. Jay-Z or Beyonce? Jay-Z. Same. I know that's hard for you guys to swallow. Well, it's tough. <laughs> it's close. Um, hot or cold? Hot. Your go-to emotion? Worried. Mine's excited. Oh. Red or white? Red, my favorite color. Favorite travel destination? Honestly, Connecticut. One thing you want your girls to carry through life? Kindness. Me or Carter? <laughs> Sorry, Carter. <laughs> she knew I was asking that. <laughs> favorite song? Wow. That's like for me the hardest question in the world. Mm. I really like my sweet lord. Okay, I love it. Beautiful. Um, salt or no salt? Salt. Saturday or Sunday? Ooh. Sunday. Hmm. And the finale. Pizza or nachos? Ooh. Nachos. Mm, I love some good nachos. I do love some pizza with ranch dressing, though. Yeah, The North Carolina in my blood. Mm, make it as dirty as you can. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Katie, I love you. Sarah, I love you back. This was thank so you. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The next episode is something that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, It's something I think is really important to share with you guys as you get to know me and I keep asking you to be vulnerable and share with me as well. So I'm going to share with you guys um, about our first daughter, Grace, who we lost 
So this next episode will be all about grief and also reciprocity and hope and taking risks. So can't wait for you to listen and tune in and bring a box of tissues because this one's really real. So that was episode one, guys. Didn't I do so good? (laughs) All right. So listen, if you liked it, please rate and review us. We love what we're doing. We want to keep doing this. We are just so happy to be here. And what an amazing, amazing woman Katie is. We're just so thankful that she came on the show and she's part of this community. And we can't wait to talk to you guys soon. 